Thank you for joining me on this esthetician chat. This is episode 36 titled Your Clients Are Not Consistent and Neither Are You. We are going to deeply dive into the consistency of your clients and how they also affect you. When you're not consistent, it's very easy for your clients to pattern or mirror your behavior. So when I talk to a lot of estheticians or I've done podcasts, lives, all of those things, and we discuss consistency, it's always the first response. My clients don't keep their appointments or they're not consistent in the products that I suggest. They're not consistently purchasing. They're not doing the things that I'm asking them. But there's things in your business that are also not consistent. So you can't ask of your clients what you do not bring to the business. So if you're not consistent in your business, how are you expecting your clients to be consistent? And I've said this in many of my other podcasts before. I've actually pinned the one that just launched on Monday. Every Monday, we have a new podcast that goes out on uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. And so episode 33 is you don't have to struggle in your business. So if you get a chance to listen to that, I have a lot of easy strategics to talk about as, as far as the mentality of thinking you're struggling when you really don't need to. But this episode, we're going to really talk about consistency. And it's so interesting when we start talking about consistency, we can't go and blame clients on their lack of consistency when we know there are things in our business that we're not doing consistent. For example, some of us do not market consistently. We'll get a good run. We may market for a good week consistently. And then we'll fall behind. We will be consistent in communication. We may be open in communication in our Facebook group, or we may be great in communication with emailing, but then we fall back for two or three weeks and then we pick it up again. So when you understand how consistency is mirrored in your business and the things that you do that are not consistent, and then you have clients that are doing things that are not consistent, it, it will never match. However, we can't blame our clients for being inconsistent when we know we are not consistent. And it's easy to blame them. I'm telling you, it's really easy to um, pass the buck when it comes to being responsible, whether that's your clients miss their appointments, they no-show you, they constantly reschedule their appointments, they don't consistently purchase retail and they're not consistently using them. What is it that you are not doing in your business that you could do so that they could see some consistency. And here's the thing, when we start talking about consistent, whether the client has chosen not to follow your instructions, they're not keeping to their monthly appointments, or they've decided to try to do home facials, you have to figure out your core clientele and then the clients that are not consistent. And those clients that are not consistent may come to you once every six weeks, six months, once a year, you know, we focus so much on our 80% of our non-consistent clients. We focus a lot on that. We focus a lot on trying to get new clients. We focus a lot on giving new client specials. Like we are focusing really on the wrong things. And so when we're focusing on the wrong things, we're not consistent with the consistent clients that are consistently giving us money. They're consistently keeping their appointment purchasing your retail, doing all those things. We don't focus on them. We don't love on them. We don't appreciate them. We don't do the things to keep them not only happy and consistent, which they are on their own, but we don't encourage them to invite or refer consistent clients as well. We just had our marketing club 
coaching call this past Monday and we were heading into, and I always go by quarters. So I was talking about quarter three is here. Quarter three is really interesting when you start looking at your business quarterly, right? Quarter is every three months. Quarter one is January through March. Quarter two is April through June. Quarter three is um, July, August, September. And then quarter four is October, November, December. So quarter three is one of the most quarters that are one of the most important quarters because this quarter is where you have to prepare for your holiday sales. So most businesses that I have come across wait until October to start looking at holiday. You have to look at your holiday now. And there's big reasons why quarter three is so important for you to get ready for the holiday, because if you wait until October, it's already too late with a lot of the businesses having um, shipping issues, whether they import or whatever they're doing. And there's delays in manufacturing because they're not able to get their products in or whatever raw materials that they need, you have to really be proactive by getting everything ready now. So in that coaching call, I went over, you know, gifts. I went over gifts with purchases, the anticipation of gift certificate sales, the anticipation of your clients who either only see you over the holidays because they don't really have time the rest of the time, or they're referring you business, or there's family that's out of town and they want you to come and give them a, a facial or a treatment or a hair removal, whatever. You tend to pick up in quarter four. And so you have to prepare for that, right? So this coaching call was all about preparing Quarter three, making preparations for your client appreciation, your Black Friday sale, if you decide to do that, and then the December holiday sales, which includes gift certificate sales. So we went over that and we were talking about being consistent with gift certificates. And there's a lot of you guys who sell gift certificates and you're not selling them correctly. And I have said this for years. Gift certificates should be sold in a way that is beneficial to your business. It is not something that you should just take lightly. There's a lot of great beauty businesses that do extremely well in November and December on gift certificate sales because they're doing them correctly. And I've always said when I sold gift certificates, I never let anyone come in and choose a value. I never did that. You can't come in and say, I want a $30 gift certificate. I only gave three options. It's either 100, 250 or 500. That's it. That's all the gift certificates I have. And again, my facial is 250. So if you really were purchasing for a facial, you're going to get the 250. The other thing is the mentality is, is most people go in the middle. If you give them three options, they're going to pick the middle option. So all the denominations I had available for my gift certificates were 100, 250, and 500. So I was intentional with that because one, I did not want people coming in trying to piecemeal together anything with a $50 gift certificate, Right. Remember, I only have one facial. The facial is 250. So if you're going to purchase or or a spouse or a partner was going to purchase for the client, the facial is 250, you're going to buy 250, right? Most people who bought 100 were buying it so that their client, the client could come in and buy retail. Absolutely fine with me. But I was intentional with that, right? I'm consistent. That was always the case. I never gave any other option. But I went into those holiday sales with my gift certificates with that intention. And I'm pretty sure some of you who are listening to this, you never thought about being consistent with gift certificate sales. It was just always, it's always an afterthought, right? Gift certificate sales are something that we really don't focus on. We don't have a plan for, but we welcome. Of course, we welcome it, right? Because it's money. Of course, we welcome it. But we don't have a strategic plan with that. And that's where we go back to being consistent. 
if you understand what it is that you need from just that gift certificate sale, that's an income coming into your business and you want to be specific with it, then you have to have a plan around it. And Mike Michalowicz goes a step further when he starts talking about business, you should actually have a separate account that you hold the gift certificate sales income in. And then when they redeem it, you go get that money from that account and put it into your main operating account. That's a step further, right? That's part B of that strategic plan with your gift certificates. Then we were talking about holiday gifts and the anticipation of Black Friday, whether you're going to do a Black Friday sale or not. Are you consistent with your Black Friday sales? Do you even offer Black Friday? Do you offer Black Friday promotions? Do you offer services Black Friday? One thing that I love to do, especially over Black Friday, like like Black Friday, the Saturday, Small Business Sunday, and then Cyber Monday, is I like to get services. No one is in there getting services. Everybody's out trying to run around thinking they're getting these great deals, um, running to all these stores. And that was never really me. I always booked appointments to go on Black Friday because I wasn't working and to get services. So with that in mind, do you have a plan for that coming up in quarter four? You got to plan for it now in quarter three. You got to be consistent in there. So I want to encourage a lot of you to, to really understand what are some things in your business that you're not doing um, and you're not being consistent in. I would always, I could give you five easy ones for you to think about. One is social media. You're not consistent in your social media marketing and you're not consistent with giving directions in social media marketing, meaning where are you located? I cannot tell you how many people tag my brand and I have no idea where they are. And it, it bothers me because I want to tell people where they are, um, but I can't find it. It's not on their Instagram page. It's not on any of the things they post. So if I cannot find it, you're potential clients won't find it either. You need to put where you are. You, you need to put your location. Even if you put the location on the post or the reel, you got to let people know. And if you use hashtags, you got to hashtag the city you're in. That's one. Number two, let's be very honest. We are not consistent in our retail sales or retail offering. We may have products on the shelf, but we're not consistent with them. We're not consistent in keeping them in stock. And we're not consistent in making sure that every client has the opportunity to purchase. Number three, we are not consistent in our communication. Whether that's text or email or social media post, we're not consistent. We may go well for one month. And then when we get busy, all the communication stops because we're so busy taking clients, not realizing that when we were not busy and communicating, that was the reason why we got busy the next month. You, 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 you got to be consistent in the communication when you're busy and when you're not busy. Number four, this is going to hurt some of y'all. You're not consistent <laughs> for your clients as far as who you show up and who you are when they see you. The last appointment, you may have been quiet. You didn't say a word to anybody. You had a lot on your mind. So you said nothing. Client wasn't sure what was happening. They see you the next appointment and you're happy and cheery. Then the appointment after that, you're back to not saying anything to anybody. You're not consistently showing up <laughs> for those clients so that they can understand that this is a relationship business. So if one appointment 
you say nothing to them, but hello and thank you. And I'll see you next time. And then the next one, you want to be a chatty Cathy. You got to understand the type of business we're in. We're in relationship businesses. So if you are not showing up consistently and you're swinging on mood swings from one side to the other, why would a client continue to come when they're not they're, They don't know what they're going to get from you. And don't get me wrong. Some of y'all going to be like, there's times where I feel, I absolutely understand. There are times that are going to affect your mood, how you respond, how you act, how you show up. I get that. That's not what I'm talking about. There's a persona that you take on when you become a business owner, when you're a small business owner and you are doing services. It is a relationship business. So there's a persona that you put on and you show up. Some of us do it better than others. But if you're not consistent in that, the clients are not going to be consistent because they're not trying to figure out who is going to show up when they walk into your treatment room. The last one, this might hurt some of you too, is you try to be consistent, but the the inconsistency shows up when you focus on new clients. When all of your marketing is focusing on new clients, when all of your marketing is focusing on first-time clients and you're giving discounts to first-time clients and you're giving priority to first-time clients and specials to first-time clients and discounts on products to first-time clients, that's inconsistent. Because once that client does a service with you, they're no longer a first-time client. So where are they now? They're watching you throw all your focus on first-time clients and new clients. So how exactly is that supposed to make your current clientele feel? And wouldn't they see some inconsistency with you because you're giving all of the discounts that you say you don't discount and all the promotions and all the the whatever you're offering that you don't offer to the regular clients because they're not new. Do you see where that inconsistency could come from? Do you see how hard it is to understand why that's inconsistent? So then you want to expect your clients to be consistent, but you're not focusing on clients because new clients, once they get that deal, they can never get it again. And this is done by design. And many of you fall in that trap of thinking that this is how you build your clientele. And it's really not. That is not the way you build consistent clientele. And so when you don't have that focused on your core clients that are showing up and you've told them you're not going to give them any discounts, you're not going to give them anything, but they got a great deal the first time they came to you and they never got it again. How do you think that's going to reflect in your business? And that's why I say the way you start your business, you have to be consistent because if they come to you with the expectation of discounting, they're always going to be looking for a discount. So if you start everything with discounting and then you take it away, you're going to lose people because that's the relationship you built. You built the discount with them. So they're going to expect the discount every time. So the way you start the relationship is the way you have to become consistent. So I always say, I would rather see you do a gift with purchase or I'd rather see you do a gift with service before you do discounts. Because the discount's always going to come from your hourly rate. It's not going to come from the rent's not going to be discounted. And definitely the price that you need to pay to get the products to do the service is not going to be discounted. It's going to come from your hourly rate. So instead of taking money out of your own pocket, 
give them, if they spend a hundred dollars or more, they get a free gift or free sample, or we're going to include the price of the product into that service. And it's already there. Like, I love to see you work in a different way that benefits your business, that doesn't take away from your bottom line. And you are the bottom line. So when we complain about our clients not being consistent, you are not consistent either. So how do they become consistent? And then you don't like you have to become consistent in order for them to become consistent there. It's a, it's a relationship business. So when you change, they change. If you don't change and you expect them to change, it's not going to happen. It's really not going to happen. And that's why I say it's very hard for us to take off that esthetician hat and really start understanding the business and the way we relate to our clients, the way we communicate with our clients and their perception, because the perception of what you've presented, that is what is referred. That's how they refer. That's why I talk so much about client appreciation. That's why I talk about it all the time, because if clients are appreciated, they're going to want to invite people to the to that event so that they can feel appreciated, too. Like that's a true, honest opportunity for referrals, but we don't even give our clients any appreciation. Our biggest excuse, oh, I don't have the room. You can do a virtual. You don't have to do something that's in person. You can still appreciate clients and do everything virtual. It doesn't have to be in person. It could. And it's, it's work, but the excuse that you don't have a big space or you're not able to have, you know, whatever is really for me has never been an excuse. I've done virtual client appreciations and clients love it because I make a huge deal out of it. I'm appreciating all of our clients and this is what you get. But when you're stuck in that place of trying to say, well, I can't appreciate them because I don't have the space or I can't, I can't, I can't. Instead of saying, let me figure out how I can, then there's never going to be consistency in your business because you're not appreciating them and you're also not doing consistent things either. So where does that leave you, right? Where does that leave you at the end of the day? Do you want to do things in order to grow the business, have more income, be more consistent? Or are you okay with where you are? Because if you're okay with where you are, then you're not going to be willing to do anything to change. And I actually come to that conclusion with a lot of people because a lot of people I, that I come across are always open to hearing things that they could do differently. They're willing to listen to other people who are doing really, really well, but it comes down to the execution. So it's not just about listening to what people have said, what I have talked about or what someone else has shared. It's not the listening. It's not even the watching or reading or whatever. It's the execution in becoming consistent. That's where the work comes in. That's the realization of I can't blame my clients for not being consistent because I'm not consistent either. So in order for me to be consistent, I may have to get an accountability partner. I may have to do some things that are gonna keep me consistent in order for the reflection to come to those clients to become consistent as well. Because there are things that you have to establish in your business that are consistent for people to understand that they also need to be consistent. And don't get me wrong, when you're building your business, you're not going to get everything right. This may take you some years to get to. It's not going to happen overnight. 
you're also not going to probably really figure out where you have lacked consistency for a while until you take that journey and you look at your business from multiple different sides, or you have someone in your corner who's able to speak to you honestly about their experience. It wasn't until I got at a certain point in my business where I had people speak to me very honestly. And in a, and I was grateful for that because I did not know I wasn't consistent. I couldn't see what I was doing because I didn't know. And then when I got a business coach and I started working with her and she's a different viewpoint of the business, it really took on a different, it took on a different face because I, I had another set of eyes to discuss with, I'm thinking I'm giving it this way. And then the interpretation is this. So I was really able to understand on a really different level, but you got to be willing to do those things, right? I talked about in a couple of our podcasts before, you know, the opportunity for clients to purchase, you want them to buy, but you don't have anything for them to buy. Um, We're upset that they don't show up, but sometimes we're late when we show up for our appointments. We're, We're not consistent on that. I talked about the esthetician that I go to now um, and she has been in my mentoring group before when my, when I had it a few years ago and she was in there for a while. And it was so funny because when I would come to her to get services, we would discuss a lot of the things that we talked about in the mentoring group. And the biggest one that I, that I talk about when you are established in your business and, and being established is very different for different people, right? Different businesses have a different level of, of what they feel is being established. So I always said, when you're established, you have more clients that are consistent than that are not. You more than likely have a waiting list of clients. So when an appointment appointment cancels, you're able to put a call out and it's filled that same day, right? That's a level of established. You have a certain amount of income that you're making based off of services. You have a certain amount of income you're basing off of, of retail. So in the mentoring group, I would always talk about the client experience because I do think that we miss that part of our business because we can become so routine. And this is where the, 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 this is where the consistent comes into, right? I really started um, understanding that people who do really, really well, it wasn't the amount of people in a day. And I've said this before. Like when I was starting at year seven, eight, nine, and 10, I was done with the packing my day out to maximize seeing 15, 18 people. Like that's something you can't sustain. And that wasn't something that I always wanted to continue to do year after year, right? The reason I went from a $75 facial to a $125 facial to a $250 facial was because I wanted quality. So even if I did three facials a day, to me, that's a good day. It's seven, you know, 750 bucks for the day and three, I only saw three clients. That doesn't include retail. So I started understanding the quality of the services that I was offering and the value I was bringing, I was going to charge for it. See, and that's why it's important to understand and know your worth. I'm going to, you're going to charge, you're going to pay for my time. So year eight, nine, and 10, I'm two years under my belt. I have a lot of education under my belt that has to reflect in the cost, right? So it, my, mentality to the business changed. I wasn't trying to pack people in all day long. That wasn't something I wanted to do. I also did not want to work every day. I wanted to have three solid days 
and you know where I'm going with this. If I do three features a day times three, we already know 750 times three is good money for that week, right? With just seeing nine people. Like I started being very intentional, not only with my time and how people paid for my time, but what I valued as important. So when I started really looking at that, I was giving that client experience something very different than when I was in my hustle phase and I was seeing 15 to 16 clients a day and I was overlapping clients. I was double booking clients um, and I would be running around. I wouldn't have a break. I could barely even go to the bathroom. Like that was not something that I was able to sustain for a long time. So I knew I was not going to have, I, I could not do it. I just knew I wasn't going to be able to do it. So when I moved into that client experience and quality of services, I started to really understand that the customer experience had to change. Someone who comes in and pays $250 for, for a facial is going to expect an experience, right? So in order for me to give them that experience, I had to look at the business completely different. So my goal was, is once I hit that 250, I'm going to make it so that every client that comes to me, they feel like they're the only client that I have. And in order for me to do that, I'm going to have to be very strategic. I'm not going to put five minutes in between clients. I'm going to put 30. So that not only when my client leaves, they don't see another client waiting, but when the new client comes in, they don't see anyone. It's just them, right? That's the experience. I'm also going to take my time when we're checking out and we're having conversations. So I'm going to book time so that their experience with me is authentic. It's not rushed anymore. I'm not back to back. I don't have to cut them off. I don't have to do all these things. And so the esthetician that I go to now, when I was talking about that in our mentoring group, and I talked about that quite a bit, she understood and took it to the next level. So I go to her still now and I don't see anybody when I come in and I definitely don't see anybody when I leave. There's nobody waiting. It's, it's literally just me. And so she listened to what I was saying. And it's so funny because I just went to her um, yesterday and she was saying, I'm making so much more money now because I have now focused on the client experience. You know, I have a waiting list. I, I demand, you know, I only want to work four days a week. I'm almost going to go down to three. You know, I may work a Sunday here or there. My retail is on point. I have lots of retail sales coming in. She's all but I took to heart what you were talking about when it when we talked about the customer experience. She's all because I want people to understand that I'm not someone that's going to double book or be running behind or you're going to see people sitting there waiting for me. Like she's like, I never wanted that experience. I wanted people to understand that their experience and my years of training and expertise is going to be reflected in the cost. But the experience that you have with me is also going to be re is reflected in that cost, right? So when you get to that level and you're ready to understand, not only is the price going to increase, but the customer experience is going to change, then the way you do business absolutely changes because your cost per service is blown out of the water, right? That's why when I say that my hourly rate is $100 and my facial is $250, now you understand because now it becomes more valuable to me to have a better customer experience than to try to smash 10 and 15 people in for a $50, $75 facial. Like the, the experience is never the same. 
So as we mature in the industry, we go away from that hustle mentality of, of wanting 10 people a day, 15 people a day, because one is not sustainable. You can't do it forever. Your body breaks down, you get tired. Um, and two, your customer experience has to reflect the more you, you, the more you charge in your price. So there are certain expectations that come with a $250 facial. In order for you to do that, you're going to have to understand that the customer experience has to change. You now have to become even more consistent in what you do because the once you give them that type of experience, they're never going to want anything else. And see, that's why it's easy for me to talk about it now because for a long time when I wasn't doing that, it was hard for me to say or even personally justify, could I really charge that? When I went from 75 to 125, I was really kind of trying to figure out if I could do it and offer it and people would pay. It. And they did. So it wasn't that people didn't pay it. Was I, did I value what I was doing and did I give them the customer experience that I wanted to so that it validated the reason they paid the 125? Once I could get that down and I stayed there at 125 for about two years, and once I knocked that down and I moved it to 250, I doubled it, right? I didn't go up $50. I didn't go 75. I straight doubled it, 125 to 250. I understood how important that experience had to be. So I had to change the way I did business to let those clients know that and give them the feeling that they're the only client. I didn't talk about clients before. I didn't even mention clients that I have had today or I was going to have after them. I never did that. They had 100% me. But that level of consistency comes with time and understanding because many of us can't think about that, but we also know that the customer experience that we're providing now is not up to par, nor is it consistent. Sometimes we're on it and then other times we drop the ball, but we don't know how to become consistent. But it has to come from you taking the understanding of two very important things, the customer experience and then the value that you want to yield to them. So I'm bringing value when I provide these services. So in turn, the cost of what it takes for you to spend time with me is also going to be reflected in your experience with me. And that's a level of consistency that not many small business owners, especially estheticians, get to. You don't see that very often. It's a very small number of businesses that get to that level because they're not about filling the day. They're not about maxing out. You know, a lot of these spas and chains, they're not about customer experience. That's not their focus. Their focus is, is being able to get as many people in as they can in a day, every day for a certain dollar amount, which I understand that has a purpose as well. But those of you who are in the small business and you're wanting to get longevity out of your business, you're wanting to maintain the business, you're wanting to work in a way that it becomes enjoyable, you're going to have to understand where the client experience comes in and you charging for your worth. That's, that's the highest level of consistency in our industry. But many of us struggle with that because we can't do the bare minimum that we should be doing when we're consistent. That was the top five that I talked about earlier. So that's a great place to start because at some point you're going to want to be 
paid for the value and the education and the time and experience that you have. So in order for you to do that, you got to change how the customer interacts with you and their experience in your business. And again, that does not happen overnight. The other thing you also have to think about is not every client is going to be able to justify themselves that experience, right? I don't want the people that are complaining that I went from 125 to 250. I don't want those folks. I want the people that know that they're going to experience me in a completely different way. And they're going to feel like they're the only person in the business, that they're the only client that, they're, that they have, that I have. That's the experience that I want them to have every time they see me. So your plan completely changes now because you're of value. You're charging your worth. You're giving them the experience that they're not going to be able to get from anyone else. They're not going to be able to go to a chain spa and be able to get the experience that you offer them. They're definitely not going to see other people in the waiting room. I mean, that's not something that they strive for because it's about, you know, services is about numbers and dollars for them. For you, at some point, you're going to need to get to that level, but the priority will be their experience, and then the reflection will be what they pay you for that experience. Those of you guys who are on my podcast, thank you guys so much for joining me. You can listen to all of our other 35 episodes that are on the uh, Stephanie Lane's Institute Beauty Business Podcast. Until next time, thank you so much. Bye-bye.